The first thing we do is help take that content and let it come alive. So you can take all that great content and turn it into through AI with two suggested answers. So what in this wonderful world of content can just become the right answer for that customer? Hey everyone, welcome to Brains Behind AI, show where we meet the innovators, entrepreneurs, and the real brains behind some of the most successful AI startups. We ask them about their journey from coming up with the idea to finding the product market fit. And from their experience, draw a set of principles that we can take away to ours. This is your host, Ari. Thank you for spending time with us. And now, let the show begin. Hello and welcome to another episode of Brains Behind AI. We have a special guest with us today. So Natalie, without further ado, let's introduce Mike to the audience. Absolutely. Mike Benser is the SVP and General Manager of Coros Care, a digital customer service with AI-powered workflows and operational analytics. An experienced executive in Control Center and CRM, Mike worked for MCI for 14 years leading contact centers and technology and has been helping big brands interact with customers for over 30 years. He was also recruited by Convergies as the president and officer to create a new technology division and lead key acquisitions. Mike received his MBA from St. Edwards University. Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Mike, uh, we're excited. You have this very impressive background. So before we dive into the company, just want to learn a little bit about you as a person. How did your career start and how it brought you to where you are today? I don't know if it's impressive background, but it's a long background, but uh, happy to give you some of the highlights. You know, it started out in a unique way, really in sales and marketing. And uh, I worked for a company that used MCI as its phone provider. And I didn't like MCI as well as as AT&T. And so then I was recruited by MCI. And I'm like, I don't want to go work there. Their network isn't as good. But ultimately, I ended up going to work for MCI because MCI was really changing telecommunications for America, which sounded really interesting. This is 1985. You know, it used to be there was only one phone network, uh, believe it or not. And um, most most people listening to this podcast probably don't even know that because it was so long ago. But uh, I worked for MCI for 14 years. It was just an amazing journey. We grew MCI from a little company to $8 billion in revenue in the consumer side of MCI. I ended up being in charge of all call center and call center technologies. And we had 26,000 people at MCI that we were managing, talking to customers every single day. So I learned every single thing about ACDs and IVR and call centers and workflow and routing and everything that had to happen. So that was wonderful. But then MCI sold to WorldCom. That didn't go so well. I left MCI, sold my stock, thank God. And I started another company. I sold that company to Siebel. I got some experience in the CRM side as well at Siebel and Oracle. And then when I went to Convergys, I you know, was helping them there with large BPO. But at Convergys, the thing that hit me is when I was talking to these big brands, they were all freaking out about social. So this is 2009, 2010. And these companies were pissed because people would go on Twitter and say things that just weren't true, or they would go on Facebook and post things and they would do things and the 
the brands were just angry about this and the brands didn't know what to do. And they were trying to stop it because they were destroying their marketing. And so I said, well, look, you're not going to stop this. You can't possibly stop social. So I said, I'm going to build a company that has the rigor of a call center for customer communications in social media. So we built in 2010 and 11 and 12, we built a company called Social Dynamics, which was all about asynchronous messaging. So all digital channels could come in and the brand could manage their social because people weren't trying to be mean. They were actually trying to engage and get the brand to listen. And that's what we did at Social Dynamics, which was super fun. I then sold Social Dynamics to Lithium. Lithium then sold to Vista. Vista, when we were at Vista, Vista's a private equity firm. And when we were at Vista, we bought Spreadfast and we put all that together. So now we have care, marketing, and community all together under the new Koros brand. So we, we changed all of the names of the companies to Koros because we're now bringing this digital customer engagement capability, this platform forward to the world. So that's, a long, that's, that's the 30 years of what I've been doing. So this is all I've been doing my entire life is, is building software to help brands engage with their customers. Very interesting. And uh, since you mentioned the Koros brand, and I know one question Natalie likes to ask, is how, how did you come up with that name, given what you were pulling the, together? Yeah, well, it's a, uh, it's a wonderful name. And when it's a, it's a Greek word that talks about the chorus. And when you think of a chorus, a chorus is a lot of people singing slightly differently, different pitch, different tenor. And when, they're, when that's all done well together, it makes beautiful music. And at Koros, we help customers make beautiful music with the brand. So we help them really listen and engage and understand everything that they are saying. So I, I really was excited when we came up with that name. When you say you're, you're helping with the social media and the management, is it just Twitter? Is it beyond that? Is it Facebook? Is it a wide range of platforms? Yeah, yeah. So we think of us as the, we are the aggregator of all of the channels. So when we started, it was primarily Twitter. And then along came Facebook and then Instagram and WhatsApp and WeChat and all of the, the messaging channels. So the, we started out in social and now we're actually, we're not leaving social, but social has been surpassed because of the power of messaging, because of what's happening in Apple business chat, Google messaging, Facebook messenger, you know, WhatsApp. So messaging channels are super popular now and growing rapidly. But we aggregate all of them. So think of a person at a brand able to see every single channel and see the engagements, what people are saying on Twitter, what they're saying on Facebook. And then we help them listen to their content and what they mean and who they are. So then we prioritize them. So this one comment on Facebook or this one comment in Apple Business Chat may be more important than the comment that's on Twitter. So based on who they are and what they're saying, we then prioritize them for those agents or the experts at that brand so that they can respond to them. Understood. So say if I'm a customer looking to work with your company, right, on customer care, what, what is the value proposition? If you were to sum up the services you provide to businesses, what, how would you summarize that? 
I would summarize the way what we really do to help people to help brands. What we really do to help brands is we help them move to a digital first mentality. Because of my background in call centers, the technology is ready. Technology is here. The AI, the capabilities, everything that you have today, the technology is ready. The brands are slow to shift. I mean, still 65 to 75% of all engagements are through an 800 number. Call this 800 number, hit this IVR, press one, press two, press three. Customers don't want that. They don't like it. And we have proof again and again and again with every single brand that if you give them the ability to message with you, the customers are happier, they're more loyal, they're, they'll spend more. And it's better for you too at the brand because you can do it in a more efficient way. I second that. <laughs> I'd rather just message the brand and, and interact and get what I want than to yeah. go through the, the 1-800 IVR. In terms of the workflows you're managing for customer care, from whether they're interacting on a messaging app or a social media platform, how is AI, artificial intelligence, or automation, or the combination applied there? What are, what are you doing with AI? Yeah, so AI is such an interesting, interesting area, and we're spending a lot of time and energy on this. Uh, the first thing that we're doing is we are kind of aggregating all of this content. So, you know, the history of our company, we also have communities. So, you know, we own what was used to be Lithium and what used to be Jive, which were the two biggest community providers. So the first thing we do is we make sure self-service is phenomenal. Who are they? What are they saying? What do they want? And we let people build content. So in this new world order, people love to share their expertise. They go on and they build all of this content. In fact, we have I think it's 18 million new posts from customers just this year where they are posting how to use this, how to do this, their experience with this product, this brand. If you look at like Airbnb, people love to post, you know, what to do in Austin. If you're renting your house in Austin or renting a house in a city, people love to post, here's the 10 things you need to do in Austin. So the first thing we do is help take that content and let it come alive. So you can take all that great content and turn it into through AI with two suggested answers. So what in this wonderful world of content can just become the right answer for that customer? Because the same, the same questions are asked again and again and again. And if you leverage AI correctly, you can then see what is this person asking? Here are my options for the content I want to give them. We've offered up content to them in the past. Did they like this content? If no, or maybe they never choose that content. Are they happy with that content? Did they score the content good? So all of that is AI. All of that helps AI make decisions so that you make better, intelligent decisions that people would make, but now the technology can make it. So that's one area. It's really around this suggested, and I know it's a really long answer, but around you know leveraging content to give suggested answers or leveraging a bot to even give that suggested answers. Because a lot of times people just, they don't want to talk to somebody. They just want their answer or they want to create content and then share it. So we let them do that. That's one area. Do you find that brands use specific social media? Like 
maybe some one brand is more Instagram focused or more YouTube focused or more Twitter versus a different brand. Absolutely. And it cha- it changes a lot by industry. So when you look across industry, so, you know, Yelp is big if you're in the restaurant space. Google Maps are huge if you're in the re- restaurant space because people are always looking to find you. So re- reviews. And so uh, th- those are huge. Facebook used to be big. Twitter's big in America. It's not big in other parts of the world. You know, Twitter used to be over 50% of all social here. That's going down. So Twitter's importance is becoming smaller and smaller. In Europe, it's less than 30%. So, you know, in Europe, if you look at, you know, the thing, things like, you know, WhatsApp, WhatsApp is huge in other parts of the world. Not so much in America because SMS. So this is where we can go to the, the brands that we support and just tell them, don't worry about the channel. Whatever channel your customers want to use we have that built into our capability. We listen to all of them. We pull all this data in and we prioritize it because the most important content might be on Instagram. You know, the most important customer that has 10,000 followers might be sending you a message through Google Business Messenger or, you know, Google My Business or could be on a review site, could be in community. So we don't care about the channel. We enable all of the channels and we help that brand manage the channels, the people in those channels that are most important to them. Got it. So you're managing content agnostic of the channel and leveraging it. Are you also hosting all of that content or are you just pulling it in? As- yeah, yeah. So we are, we are hosting all of that content. So the other thing that makes it so unique with what we're doing is not only are we hosting that content, but we're, we are tracking all of those engagements. So the reason chat has never been successful is because if you stop chatting with the brand and you go pick up your kids and then you come home and then you try to continue the chat, it starts over, right? And it's just, it's just so annoying. Or if you then are transferred to a call or something, it all starts over. We manage all channels and we keep track of all the history. So we keep track of that history forever. So Anytime you are communicating with that brand and then you come back two days later, three days later, five days later, that expert that you were talking to in whatever channel, could be even email, uh, that history is there. Was it solved? Did you take care of it? Were they happy? What do they need? And then we take and we build tags around that. So that's starting to create the profile of that person. So now we understand Here's their Instagram handle. Here's their what. Here's their handle on Twitter. Here is what they like. They're a they're a mountain biker. They're a they're into fitness. They're into this. So we create these tags that help us build this persona of this person. So now we know how to create marketing content around that specific persona of that person. So every time you engage, you get smarter and smarter and smarter. And then we leverage that AI to make that intelligent decisions based on that persona. Right. I'm guessing here it's not just customer care, right? It's also part recommendation engine where you can cross-sell and upsell. Exactly. So, which is why we bought Spreadfast. So when you think of what does the customer really want? The customer wants to be treated like a person. And I want you to know me and understand me. I want you to market to me with intelligence about things I care about. 
So though the, the tags that are created in care turn into labels that turn into content that is now leveraged for marketing content. As an example, so let's say there's a new take Airbnb and there's a new offering that people want on Airbnb. And let's say a thousand people have asked for this. And so we track that tag. This is another person who wants this certain thing or take Peloton, you know, a thousand people at Peloton who love Peloton and they're super loyal, but have asked for a screen that can turn around so that I can exercise off of my Peloton and still be looking at the screen. And so we would get a thousand people telling us and asking for that in all these different channels. We tag it in every single channel. Now, all of a sudden, when Peloton comes out with that spinning screen, that, which they just did, which is super cool, we can then take those thousand people on all those different channels and respond to them through marketing campaigns back to those original channels where they asked that question. And they see it and all of their followers see it. So now, all of a sudden, you've married up care with marketing. And now when you do that, the customer becomes super excited and loyal. And then they join the Peloton community. And then they just kind of, it just kind of keeps growing, which is why we put together care, community, and marketing all under one platform. Yeah, no, that makes perfect sense. Just to connect the dots, and, and I'm trying to put the technology together in my head. Yeah. Uh, do you provide a CRM system that your clients and brands use? Or can you work with any CRM system that they have? Yeah, that's a, it's a great question. We get that every single time. So we are not CRM. And we tell people very clearly we're not CRM. Now, I was CRM for many years, as I said at the beginning, with my work at uh, Siebel and Oracle. You know, CRM is basically become just a database. And that's really what CRM is. Now, CRM says this customer relationship management and all these wonderful things they do. Frankly, I think they're doing a terrible job of that. It is nothing more than the repository of data of who has what products. So we push our data to CRM. We pull data from CRM. So as an example, we can tell who are the, the highest flyers at an airline, and we can then treat those customers differently based on their status. So we use the CRM data to inform prioritization and what should you do you know, based on who that person is. But we are not CRM. We integrate to every CRM. We have an out-of-the-box integration for every CRM. You know, the one we hook, with, hook into the most is Salesforce, but also Microsoft, Oracle, SAP, so, you know, Zendesk. So we can partner with all of them. Some of them compete with us a little, but not really. Understood. That makes sense. So, for instance, if I'm a client, I'm using, say, Zoho CRM or Salesforce CRM. I can keep using what I'm using while I tap into your system for customer care. What about, there are different parts, right? There's the customer support, you mentioned Zendesk, and there is CRM, could be Zoho CRM or Salesforce CRM. Then there is email campaign managers like MailChimp. Sometimes CRMs do it, sometimes they do it outside. So if I were to imagine it as a tech stack, yeah. Where do you go in in that tech stack? Are you at the top? Do you cut across? Where do you fit? Yeah. So we think of us as the glass. So we are the glass that the agents look at or the experts look at when they are engaging with that customer. So they 
you know, we will pull that CRM data in. We have a side panel that has all that CRM data so they can see this is what they use, the products they're on. So we will pull that all in and the agents are engaging with that customer real time by using our software on the front end and our content that's behind that, which is also displayed on the, you know, we call it the glass. So we are the front side of, to connect the people that maybe they're in a kiosk, maybe they're in a call center, maybe they're working at home, maybe they're in retail, maybe they're in the Starbucks store. So these are all customers and you know we serve the biggest brands around the world that help and we help their customers engage through all these channels and enhance their CRM. So we don't take anything away from the CRM. Now there are as you know, there's overlap. So we have integrated email. So if you want to use email to engage, great, you can use our email. And that way it's it's in the stack so you can see exactly what has been done in that email channel. And then if it's like a Zendesk, we will automatically create a case. So if, if based on this interaction, this is a problem, you need to roll a truck, then let's create a case. And we do that all the time. And we do that in the CRM. No, that's really interesting. And I want to tie that into this year in COVID. How have you pivoted <laughs> Chorus Care? Maybe maybe you've seen more traction or maybe you've had to pivot in a massive way with everything that has gone on in 2020. Yeah, COVID is, uh, you know, it's, it's been so interesting and it's been great to see the focus from this C-level people at these brands because they had to change to digital. So I believed, and what I, where I got this wrong is I thought social was going to change this world. I thought so, people would finally have a, the ability to have a microphone and speak loud to a brand so the brand would have to listen. So I thought social was going to change the world. And ultimately, it didn't really change the world. It helped. It helped move people to start thinking about digital. But then along came messaging. And when I watched what Apple, Google, Facebook, and others were doing in messaging, I'm like, oh my God, this is so huge. No one's going to stop these companies and messaging is going to change the world. And it started to, and we were making a little bit of progress in messaging. But when COVID hit and call centers were shut down and you know customers were pissed and they wanted to engage and every customer went to digital because they went to their phone. I want to engage. I'm going to talk to the brand. I send them a note. I expect them to answer. And all of a sudden, these companies were at such a disadvantage because their call centers, the front end of their whole brand and how they engage with customers was shut down or almost completely shut down. So now, finally, we have all of the C-level people at these companies saying, we are a digital-first company. We're going to get digital right. And we're going to figure this thing out and we're going to come out of COVID a much healthier company. So as terrible as COVID has been for this world, one good news, it has woken everyone up to the power of a digital first strategy because every brand has to embrace it. And the crazy thing is that the consumers are already there. The consumers are begging brands to be digital and communicate with me the way I communicate with my friends. I want to talk to the brand the way I talk to my friends on Instagram or over WhatsApp or whatever the channel is. It doesn't matter. But brands don't listen. And now brands know they have to listen and they're starting to listen. And it's really cool to see brands shifting. And these aren't little brands. These are the biggest brands in the world uh, with 
thousands of agents that, are, that have now switched over to a digital first uh, mentality. That's so interesting because I live in South America, actually. I've been living abroad for about three years and wow. I use WhatsApp. And yeah. something that I've noticed through WhatsApp that we don't have in the US is I have the ability to communicate with a lot of companies and brands via my WhatsApp. And it's so easy for me. Yeah. And everything is becoming this messaging where I can just go on to a restaurant, a, a store, anything right on my WhatsApp and communicate with them. And it's so quick and efficient. And I feel that is so much, I don't know, it has brought so much light to yeah. how if, effective it is using WhatsApp. It is amazing to see. And it's great that brands are finally realizing this. So we will launch a channel for a brand and say, look, just launch this channel. Just publish it in certain places and let them know you're there. Have five agents, 10 agents, 20 agents just listening to this brand and engaging. And the loyalty, the happiness, what they are saying, and the, in, the intent of that customer by us looking at their words and leveraging our kind of AI to really listen to what is being said and what are they intending to do and putting that all together, your customers are happier. And your agents are happier because now your agents, your people that are engaging with customers get to use tools that are the same tools they use to talk to their friends on rather than, hi, this is Mike. And they're reading a script, you know, and it's just like, oh my God, this is so annoying. So yeah, the world is shifting right before our eyes and it is just wonderful to see. Yeah, I can imagine, right? Imagine having call centers in Philippines and India where everyone sent home and you don't have all the call centers set up at home right. and then probably not good internet connection. So, so how do you switch? Right. And that's where the, the new newer technologies and messaging comes into play. Now switching to the sales and the marketing side, are you targeting a particular industries where there's big more of attraction or is it all B2B? Yeah, we, we do B2B and B2C. We target, you know, we are very specific about who we target. We target only the biggest companies. So think of it as the, the global 10,000, the Fortune 500 or the global 5,000, the, the largest brands in the world. Because what we have found is that these brands are the ones that have the most customer engagement. They are trying to figure this out. And it's hard. You know, if you're a small company and you're trying to figure out how to engage with customers, there's a lot of ways you can, you can do it. But if you were a big company with hundreds of thousands or, or millions of customer engagement touch points, it's really, really at scale. When it hits scale, everything breaks. So, you know, because of my background at MCI and building things at just this massive scale and the way we've built out communities to be these communities of massive scale, we're going after the biggest, most complicated companies that are out there. So when you think of the biggest, I mean, most airlines use us to engage with their customers. Almost every telco around the world uses us to engage with their customers. When I think of the, you know, the biggest high-tech companies, I mean, if you go to Google's community, you're going to our community. If you go to Microsoft's community, it's our community. You know, I mean, if you were trying to, if you were trying to get data or content or engage with these, these companies, it's us. If you're talking on social media to Starbucks, you're talking to Starbucks through us. You know, USAA, Best Buy. I mean, I can just go down the list of all the brands. 
they are all our customers. And it is so fun to invent the future with them. And so back to the AI and everything that is so important about AI, my opinion is AI has been focused more on efficiency and not effectiveness. You know, leveraging machines to make everything more efficient. And that's really cool. And I think AI has been applied there really, really well. Making you more effective is where we're focused. So what journey is this person on? What are they trying to do? How can I jump in and figure out the next best action? What should I do based on the history? This person loves Twitter and they want to engage on Twitter. So let's talk to them on Twitter. This one wants to do it on Instagram. So, and we can look at all of the content and what we have learned based on past engagements and make decisions based on what they really want. And that's kind of this managing their intent so we can understand where they're at, managing the words, looking at their, their feelings and making the next, next best action. And super yeah. excited to, to make it more uh, effective. Yeah, no, that makes sense. And, and I can imagine selling to the Fortune 1000 probably requires complex and longer sales cycles. So my question to you is, what advice would you have for the future AI and, and digital technology entrepreneurs that want to build products for enterprise? Any lessons learned from, from your experience there? My experience says, find one thing and do it great. Be great at one thing. Be the best. So we started out saying, you know, if I look at where all three of the parts of our company that are now one company, which makes up Koros, we started out social dynamics and we said, we are going to be the best at enabling big brands to manage social media. And we invented asynchronous messaging when we did that. And it was amazing. Luckily for us, it's all luck. And this is where, you know, you'd love to say, you know, you had this all figured out. When we started social, we didn't realize that social and asynchronous messaging was going to be the foundation of messaging. We then along the path invented new modern chat. And modern chat is so much better than old chat because it's asynchronous. So it has the history. So if you start chatting and you go take your kids to school and you come back, it just picks it right back up. You don't have to close the session. You don't have to do all those things. And people hate chat because chat isn't, it's not effective because it just, you start over. Customers don't want to start over. So anyway, my advice to a person starting out is do one thing, do it well, stay true to your passion, stay true to your dreams, and you'll achieve it. Just, but you got to stay on it. And sometimes the road is long. Yeah. It's the same thing we did in community. You know, we built communities to be better than any other community out there. And we have that. And marketing, if you do, just do marketing well, do it the way customers want to do it. That's what my advice would be to somebody is start small, mm-hmm. find a problem. My whole life has been working at big companies and then go to small company, work at a big company, start a company, work at a big company, find gaps, start a company. I mean, that's kind of what has worked for me. And yes, stay true to your dreams. If it is something that you want to fix, then go fix it. And I, my passion has been, I am going to enable big brands to communicate with customers the way that customers want to communicate with them. 
rather than forcing me as a consumer to communicate with you the way you're telling me I have to. So the consumer is now in charge. The consumer is in power. And if brands listen and engage the way they want, they're going to do really well. Mm-hmm. So it's a long answer to your question, but uh, that's how I would instruct somebody. It's like, find your space. Yeah. You know, AI is so big as an example, but there's so many areas that are so important. And you know, find something in that area that is so hot right now and figure out a way to plug it into the ecosystem. Mm-hmm. Uh, taking on big brands, taking on the space where we are takes courage. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will start out, look, go after SMB and grow as, you know, and as you grow, grow out of SMB and then grow up to the enterprise. Mm-hmm. That's a little risky because you need to build your product to be enterprise grade. And if you don't build it to be enterprise grade, you're going to have to rebuild it later, which is always hard. No, thank you. That's valuable advice. It actually transitions into my next question. If you have any advice for industry leaders that could benefit from, from this as well. The most important thing I say when I'm I'm so blessed because I get to meet with so many senior people at so many amazing brands is let yourself change, let yourself evolve. The brand needs to think differently. You need to stop acting like you're in charge and let your consumers be in charge and just listen. So they hide behind this 800 number. They hide behind these things and rather than just be out there and you know, so when we started in social, even we're like, look, this may not be true what they're saying to you, but it's what they feel. And if that's what they feel, it's, it may not be true, but you aren't delivering the truth to them to make them not feel that way. So when we started working with airlines and we said, look, you need to listen to what people are saying to you on social or in messaging when they're on a plane or when they're traveling because they can't call your 800 number. So what I have really done over the years is just helped big brands embrace change management, embrace these new technologies, you know, AI, machine learning, technology, cloud-based computing, customer data, customers willing to share their data with the brands is all there. The thing that's falling behind is the big brands speed in which they can embrace change. Mm -hmm. And that's where we spend most of our time is how do I start? Where do I launch messaging? How do I put an icon on my app instead of just an 800 number? So we just tell them, it's like, just put a, just put a messaging icon or a chat icon next to every 800 number. Mm -hmm. Just do that and watch what happens. Mm -hmm. And it's like, if they just open up these channels just like you said, they, the customers will go to these new channels because they love them. They know them. They understand them. These kids have grown up. They're now all buyers and they know how to use all these digital channels. So embrace them, big enterprise, embrace them. Yeah, no, that, that's a great advice indeed. So last question for you is around people and culture. And you're part of in, in a leading executive role at this global company and your guys and team have done a great job scaling it out very, very quickly. So we want to see if there is any lessons learned from people and culture standpoint as you ventured outside U.S. and as you have built and grown your team and client base globally. You can put more emphasis on the 2020 because 2020 has been a trying year, right? 
any advice, any lessons learned on, on people and culture globally? Yeah, I think this has been a, this has been a crazy year and it tests every single brand because almost every brand had to go virtual. And so all of a sudden your good and your bad of your culture were extremely exposed because you just couldn't have the same relationship with people that you've had. And, you know, we've all got zoom burnout because we're just sitting on zoom calls all day long. So, you know, we were lucky because we have a great culture and we have, we do one thing. It's, and it's what I've been talking about. I mean, we enable brands to change and embrace this new digital frontier. And our company is so passionate about this. I mean, every employee it's, is in their blood and we just love this. So our teams are very loyal. Now, one thing that we had, because you made a comment about international, if there's one thing that we had to do as a U.S. company is pay attention to differences around the world. I mean, Natalie mentioned it. It's like WhatsApp is huge in some parts of the world. And you need to embrace that because it's important rather than Twitter, because Twitter just isn't as important in some places. So we had to really listen to our customers and our employees that were trying to guide us on what is most important for them as they help companies through this digital transformation. But I think just as we advise companies to listen to your customers, you know, we need to listen to our employees you know, it's, it's fun. And I've enjoyed so much inventing companies, but now that you're a bigger company, you just need to listen. Listening is the most important thing you can do because great ideas come from everywhere. And the more you listen to your people who are listening to the customers, giving you feedback on your product and what you need to do. If you just listen, well, you're going to be okay. And I know we're wrapping it up now too, but I did want to ask you a question. Do you have a favorite social media platform? Uh, um, <laughs> you know, I don't think I really do have a favorite. I mean, I use them differently at different times based on what I'm trying to do. I wish, I mean, there will come a point in time when I am going to just be agnostic. And I can just say, I want to communicate with this brand this way. And it won't matter, you know, what social, what platform I'm using. But uh, I will say, I am most impressed with Google and Apple and what they're doing in messaging. It's going to change the world. I mean, the messaging platforms are just so powerful and so smart and there's so much kind of AI built into them. So like as an example, we can do 1-800 call deflection. So even if you click on the 800 number to call it, we can pop a little icon from Apple or from Google that says, are you sure you don't want to message us? Mm -hmm. And if we pop that up 50% of the time, people will pick that first time. (laughs) So I am so impressed with Google business messages and Apple business chat and, uh, I'm impressed with how those two massive companies are spending so much time and energy and focusing on this so well. I think it's really cool to see. So those are probably my favorite. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mike, uh, thank you for taking the time to be with us. I know you're busy and we really appreciate it. This was super valuable. So thank you for doing that. 
You bet. No, it was great talking with both of you. Thanks for what you're doing. I think it's really cool the information that you're bringing out to the world. So thanks for your hard work. Thank you so much for being here today. If you like what you heard and are interested in more, visit us online at brainedbehind.ai and sign up for my monthly AI startup tracker. That's where I cut through the noise and bring you AI startups that are making tangible progress. Till next time, go out, be the brains behind AI.